Reminds me of a joke to get started with, guys. This is a good joke. Well, maybe not. But anyway, <laughs> there, <laughs> there's this guy, and uh, he uh, he realized that he was he, he, he was broke. All of his money in his wallet was gone, and he had quite a bit of money. So he starts to panic, you know, and he's he's going, where's my money? Where's my, I, you know that feeling you get when you lose something? You're like, oh my gosh, where'd my money go? So he's panicking, panicking, panicking about all this money that's lost. And then he remembered, I went drinking with a friend last night. So he went into the bartender and he says, gosh, you got to help me here. Did I come in here and blow 60 or $80 last night? The guy goes, yep, you sure did. He goes, oh, thank God, I thought I lost it. <laughs> so, anyway... I'll tell, I'll tell my other joke later. You guys know why melons can't get married. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they can't <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm going to have you guys read a few verses, so be astute. But anyway, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Who wants to get that one? I got it. Okay, I, I keep on confusing myself in, a, in my head. Kara. 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 Keep on saying car, yeah, okay, Kara, Kara, Kara. <laughs> I know, it's, it's really. confusing me. Okay, Hebrews, Hebrews 11.6. Okay, Becca. Okay, Romans 14.23. Got it. Oh. Got it, Laura. Hebrews 11.6. Yeah, it's already taken. You can get 2 Corinthians 5.7, though. Yeah, I'll get one, too. Clayton, okay, you can get this, the first one, Isaiah 7.9. Me? Yeah. I will put baby down Those here. Ephesians. My baby. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. So, Aaron, did you get that? Isaiah 7, 9? All right. And uh, so we'll read these, and we'll talk about faith a little bit. I, I hope, you guys, uh, that that your concept of faith is dramatically increased tonight. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's like you're going to come in and go, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that was faith, you know? But I hope that you're going to walk away with a broadened view of what faith is, practically. So, as Aaron gets ready to read Isaiah 7-9, why don't you just read that? 7-9. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And this is God speaking, speaking to Ahaz, king of Judah, and all these armies are coming against him. <laughs> okay, so imagine the fear that this guy is experiencing, right? All these armies are about to wipe them out. They're about to kill them. And God doesn't come in and say, don't worry, dude, I got your back. They're going to be like all these soldiers that are going to show up tomorrow morning and kill these guys. But God says, if you don't stand in your faith, you're not going to stand at all. Isn't that insane? So God is telling this guy, if you want to win the battle, you got to stand by faith. And it's it's the same for all of us. And that fear is going to stand right up whenever you want to take a stand of faith. Whether it's in your class, I have that situation, you know. A math teacher said everybody's going to talk a little bit about themselves, and it got to me, and I, or about what's most important. It got to me, and having this big dilemma: Am I going to like say the most important thing in my life is my relationship with Christ or not? You know, I felt that same fear. Uh, you guys are all going to feel that fear, but then you're going to you're going to need to stand firm in your faith, or you're not going to be able to stand at all. Uh, when when you go to college, Clayton, next year, it's a Christian school, but you're still going to have to take a stand of faith. Because when you guys go to college, you're either going to go up or you're going to go down. Nobody goes in and stays flat. <laughs> no one. It's like that with anything in life. When you get married, you'll go up or you, you go down. When you become a parent, you go up or you go down. For a month or two, you go down real far. Then, then you start coming back up. But uh, when you go to college, it'll be the same way. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. So I hope that the goal tonight would be to help you stand firm in your faith. So, uh, so why is faith so important to God? What do you guys think? Our foundation in, in some sort. It's our foundation. Okay, mm-hmm. good. What else? It's how we prove that we love him. Yeah, it's how you, absolutely. It's how you prove that you love him. Mm-hmm. What else? It's like the basis of our, what did you just say? Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> 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 our basis. It's like the avenue. <laughs> of knowing God. Yeah. By faith. 
That is good. Kara, on Austin's note, could you read Ephesians 2, 8 through 9? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Okay, so you saved by faith? No. No, yes. good, you're saved no. by grace, right? Yes. Okay, you could have all the faith in the world, and it's not going to help you much, right? There are people that have a lot of faith in, in Muhammad and in Islam, and uh, salvation isn't happening, right? So the amount of faith I have doesn't save me, but it's what I'm putting my faith in. So it is by grace that you're saved, but it's through faith, right? Now imagine you're stranded in this river. Uh, Clayton, Becca, was it? Be yeah, you two came and saw the, the this raging little creek with us. Imagine that was, you know, ten times that high. And it's just deadly, and you're stuck in the middle of it. And you have to get rescued or you're going to die because it's rising, right? And you know you're dead if, if that rises. Uh, and up comes Austin in a helicopter. He's not really a helicopter pilot, but just pretend. And now, he throws a rope down to you, right? Okay, now that rope is, is grace. It's God's grace. And your faith is saying, I'm going to grab onto that rope, and Austin's going to save my life. Okay? Now, you could have all the faith in the world before Austin shows up. You're still going to die in that creek. But when Austin shows up and gives you a mechanism by which you can be saved, and you put your faith into it, boom, okay, now it happens. Now, going back to this morning again a little bit, what would happen? We were talking about, you know, can, my, can I go back to that first circle? Remember that? Okay, what would happen if you're in the helicopter and you're flying to Durango, and all of a sudden you say, you know what? I'm convinced I cannot make it out of that creek alive. I'm convinced. I, it, it's not going to happen. I'm going to die in that creek. <laughs> and, well, I mean, it's like you're not even in the creek, dude. <laughs> you're in a helicopter, you know? And that's what happens with us a lot of times is we start to go, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm going to die in my sins. And God's like, you're in my hand, <laughs> you know? Like you're not in your sin anymore. You're in my hand. Uh, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So my faith, it's what Austin was saying. It's the avenue through which I experience the salvation that God gives me, right? And much more. That's kind of a first step. But... It isn't itself what saves me. It's what I put it in. I think that's important. I think a lot of people think my faith saves me. Well, then what happens when you're faithless? Right? Remember that? First Timothy 2.13? Even when you're faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Isn't that cool? So see, my faith isn't what saves me, but it's who and what I'm putting my faith in. Uh, so it's that avenue. Hebrews 11.6, Becca. You want to get that? to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Thank good. Without faith it is impossible to please God. <laughs> I think that's going to be the first question that I ask God is why did you make faith such a big deal? I know it cultivates trust and relationship and that's awesome but man it is huge to God and I think <laughs> like God isn't, God doesn't go like this like he goes, you have to have faith, and then you, you have, like, the most faith you've ever had. And God's like, aw, Kara, you are so good. Okay, I'm going to give you, like, two months of a faith break. God's like, sweet, now it's, like, a harder thing to trust me with, you know? And then it's almost like, oh, my gosh, it's a barrage of having to have more faith, you know? God never lets up because he's into cultivating and developing us into drawing us into this close and intimate relationship or fellowship with himself, right? Because the relationship is secure now. It's that fellowship. Okay, the next verse, uh, Romans 14, 23, Laura. Um, second half says, um, everything that does not come from faith is sin. Ooh. What do you guys think that means? Becca, what do you think that means? Okay, no, that's fine. And no wrong answers here, guys. I'm not looking for anything. Just your perspective. What do you think, Justin? It's basically, I think it's saying that you need to have faith in the Bible, and if the Bible says it's not right, it's not a faith, so it's not, you know, it's not good. So basing our lives on God's Word? Yeah. Trust it. That's real Kinda good. Kind of like you, you see something that like, you're not supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But you do it, and you feel you feel like it's it's all right, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's still sin because you don't have faith in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have faith in God's law mm -hmm. and in God's word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about something that's not described in the Bible? Okay, 
like let's say smoking pot okay uh this is a big one with college students my brother got saved right here at this lodge pretty much i mean i think he was his last stand was at this lodge and uh after he came to christ he, he told russ is it okay for me to keep smoking pot <laughs> and what do you think any good minister would say no. yeah. Absolutely not. okay but russ didn't say that shows you guys what my boss is like <laughs> he, russ said the most wise thing i've ever heard he goes dave why don't you go home and pray and ask god what he thinks about smoking pot right see dave couldn't smoke pot by faith <laughs> and he had to come to the conclusion this isn't right for me you know but russ was helping dave own that conviction it wasn't like he was just telling him what to do <laughs> um I'm not saying you should tell your friends to go smoke pot. But anyway, if it's not coming from faith, it's sin. That's pretty hardcore. Faith is a big deal to God. But I think as Christians, we don't understand faith very much at all, okay? We think that it's a mystical feeling. I'll, we'll get into this more, so I won't talk about it too much. But, but we start to, to misdiagnose what faith is. And so how can we walk by it? If it's impossible to please God without faith, and if my concept of faith is off base, then... I mean, the scripture is basically saying I'm not pleasing God. Colossians 1.10 says let us only, you know, live lives that please God in every way. Isn't that insane? So if I really don't understand faith, that's not going to happen. So 2 Corinthians 5.7, Clayton, you got that. Yeah. That is a good verse. We live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. Okay, we live by faith, not by sight. Now today, um, when you were in the cave... What would have happened if you turned off the lights, okay, if you turned off the lights, and you tried to live by your feelings, okay? What would have happened if you tried to decide, just in your head, where you felt the exit was? No one would be alive. <laughs> we would all be dead, right? Uh, yeah. What if you... Yeah. Wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was hardcore. With a credit card or with a pen? He, he broke his arm like with a rock. So, I think it was with a credit card, wasn't it? No, or what something? happened was the rock fell on his arm and crushed his arm. Oh, yeah. He his pen under it and he took his knife and started chipping away at the rock, but it got dull by the time he realized he was going to have to cut his arm off to be able to oh. himself. So he cut his arm off with his arm. <laughs> Not fun. He's now sponsored by Buck Knives. <laughs> I was gonna say, I know he's making like hundreds of thousands of dollars doing the lecture thing, you know, oh talking to executives about surviving or something. Yeah, he was probably living in his car before then. Uh, so, if you couldn't have seen, um, I mean, just picture this: what if we used emotions to decide where we were gonna go? Our feelings. We're not, it's, I mean, I could, I could be convinced that that's the right way. And there could be the biggest cliff in the cave right there, right? Yeah. I mean, my feeling does not change reality. I mean, it does not change reality. But a lot of times Christians feel their faith, or that's what they, they, they make this connection that my faith is my, is if, is the, the height of my feeling. If I feel really strongly, that's strong faith. If I don't feel very strongly, that's not strong faith. Yeah. And there's like everyone, you know, fighting against each other because they're no, my feel. I think it's this way. No, I think it's this way. Yeah, like, that's a great analogy. You know, what would have been like if we were all like, no, <laughs> you're wrong. I know it's this way because I can just feel it. Or what about circumstances? What, what if you went five feet in one direction and didn't get killed? So you're like, this must be the right direction, right? But again, just because something bad didn't happen doesn't mean that that's the right direction. The only way you know the right direction is to turn that light on and follow, right? Uh, Psalm 119.105 is where God says, His word is a lamp unto our feet, right, guys? So again, His word is the light. It's, it's what guides me. Now my faith goes into His word. And so we're going to kind of do a little diagram here. I'm going to keep it kind of short. So we have a lot of notes, but I'm going to zoom through and we'll keep it. I want to ask a lot of questions, get your guys' thoughts and things like that. But this train represents your life, okay? And there are three cars to this train. Now, okay. This train. Do you guys like that? 
It's almost as beautiful as the truck I drew earlier. <laughs> it's supposed to be cold. You need a little smokestack. Is that a communist train or something? <laughs> it is. It's a, a communist train. train. It has it has wheels. That's a great smokestack, huh? Okay. Yeah. Let's so we'll have some coal in here. Is that that? Fire. No, it's not fire. It's coal. What? If it's on fire. This thing is dead. It's like exploding. Okay. So, basically, how do most people most of your friends probably. How do they make their decisions? What guides their life? Their feelings. Feelings, right? So let's just do this. So feelings, it's at the front, right? Feel good trades. Yeah, okay. What else is up there? What else would, would guide their feelings, or guide their life, what they do? Why do you think it is that nobody wants to commit until the last minute? What might happen? Because they want freedom. Freedom? And why? What might happen? What's that? Rules. Other circumstances than something else. Yeah, something, something better might come up, right? <laughs> so circumstances. I'm going to let the circumstances dictate what I do. Right? Uncertainty. Uncertainty? Yeah, all that stuff. Okay, you could put it all up here. Okay, now, over here. So, so what are they doing when they follow these? Everybody has faith, right? When you sat down on that couch, you, you trusted it would hold you up. So everybody does uses faith every day, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what what do you think goes here? Is that the faith tree? Yeah, this is faith, right? See, I'm putting my faith into something. Okay, right? Over here. Is this kind of what a lot of people do here? Right? Right? They live their life just like that, right? They put their faith into their feelings and circumstances. And then where does God's word come? Okay, if they're Christians. It's in the bag. Yeah, it kind of get, it's like, hey, I'm a Christian. It's you know, like, I got a Christian bumper sticker on my car. God's Christian word, a Christian fish. Aaron won't let me get one because of my driving. <laughs> I just destroyed this. <laughs> so anyway, so what happens when this is happening, guys? What happens if a circumstance goes wrong? You ever had this happen? Going off the rails. Okay, it goes down. Whoa, we're going downhill, right? You're going off the rails. You're getting off track. Isn't that true? Exactly. What happens if, uh, ooh, like, let's say your dog dies. I mean, oh, my gosh. Doesn't my whole life just feel like it's in the pits now? Right? What happens if you go to this Christian camp that you are at last week? Is that a good or a bad circumstance? Good yeah. Okay. So what? What? It, that's going up, right? Sometimes it makes you feel like your whole life, like your walk with God, on high. Yeah. Just amazing circumstances. Six foot tall and bulletproof. Yeah. Exactly. Like me. Um. Just kidding. <laughs> six foot seven. Yeah. Six. <laughs> In my dreams, I'm six nine, Justin. Justin knows what it's really like to be six nine, though. Yeah, it's somewhat fun, but. <laughs> okay, so how many of you guys have ever been on the Christian roller coaster? Up, down, up, down. I think this is 98% of all college students, and they think it's perfectly normal. And usually what the cause of that is, is people are basing their faith on feelings, circumstances, all these different things. And what's happening is when the circumstance goes up, I feel like I am riding high with God. But man, when a circumstance is down, I feel like, where is God? Like, did he leave me? Did he disappear? Does he even care? I start to doubt God. Like, God, who are you? When you got your injury, didn't you kind of wonder, like, God, like, what's up, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, it's just natural to be kind of wondering what's going on. Okay, now here's, here's the opposite. Okay. All right. What do you guys think would be better to put your faith in? God's word. Yeah, God's word. Yeah. His grace, absolutely. I'm going to put truth right here. Okay. Now, does truth do this stuff right here? No. Up, down, change, uh. blah, 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 all over. Okay, so... uh. It remains constant, right? 
And I mean, it's a constant high, not emotionally, I'm not saying, but I mean, a life based on God's word is not boring. And it's not going to be a life that you're not happy with at the end of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a life of maximum abundance. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. Right? Mark, mark to the exactly. See, so that's this right yeah. here. Mm-hmm. But, man, when I, when I do this circumstances and emotions stuff, like when that's where I'm putting my faith, I lose that. I mean, I lose that. Because circumstances and emotions, I mean... <laughs> I eat pizza, I might feel bad the next day emotionally. You know what I mean? Like, it is so finicky. But God's word is not. Now, over here, what happens if, if this is my circumstances and emotions? Okay. It's just in for the ride. Yeah. You think they're bad, though? No. I mean, do you think God is able to make my circumstances how he wants them? Do you think he's able? I mean, do you think God made me? Right? right? Yeah, do you think he knows what, what's going to give me true joy and abundance? Right over here, this stuff? So, I mean, like, if I'm following him, do you think I'm ever going to be living a life where my emotions are, I mean, I'm not saying that you're always going to be a giddy, little, bubbly, happy, like, singing songs in caves type of person. <laughs> Let's sing a it was good, Austin. I was liking that. But uh, but honestly, guys, have <laughs> you ever heard this phrase? I don't know who said this, but they said, we don't feel our way into acting. We act our way into feeling. Does that make sense? Like, I don't love Aaron because I feel like it. I love Aaron, and then I feel like it. Does that make sense? Like, lo- the- my love for her isn't based on how I feel today, right? Right. My love for her is based on a commitment. And because of that commitment, the feelings are there. Does that make sense? But those follow a commitment by faith to what I know is true. Does that make sense? Yeah. To actually a commitment that I made right out there <laughs> with you guys and you guys and you there. Mm-hmm. Russ actually did our, wed- our wedding. So my faith goes to the front of the train, to the engine, okay, mm-hmm. which is God's word. Okay, and my circumstances and emotions follow that. So let's put this into practice. What happens, Becca, when you wake up and you feel lousy? Like you're walking with, you feel like, I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but I feel like God hates me today. What, what would happen then? I mean, that would be the, the normal way, right? But what could you do? Okay, here's your faith. You're going, okay, I feel like this, but where am I going to put my faith? Why is that? What does God's word say about me, right? Love you. It says God loves me. Yeah. Right? Can I put my faith in that? Yeah. Wow. Even if I don't feel like it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right? I can trust God's word because that's not changing. Almost any fear that could ever come up, well, I'm not going to say almost every fear that could ever come up, every insecurity, all this, it fits this exact same situation. And I can make a choice, well, what does God's word say, and what do I put my faith in? If God's word doesn't say that, I don't need to put my faith in it. And see, then I let that follow. And when I was a freshman student, I came to Russ and I said, Russ, you'll, you'd be so proud of me. I woke up the other day and I, was, I just felt like so far away from God and oh, I felt terrible. And then I said, by faith, I know God's word says that he loves me. And that's what I'm trusting. And Russ said, Nate, that's really, really good. But would you have done that if you felt like you were on a spiritual high? I remember as a student, I was like, are you out of your mind, Russ? I'm like, what are you thinking? The idea here is that my emotions don't control truth, right? But I put my faith in God's word, and that is good enough. If I feel great, great. If I feel terrible, great. Remember what Paul said? I can, I can be content in any circumstance, right? It's because my faith is in God. It's not in the circumstance. And uh, that's, that's a really, really neat thing. Okay, so we can talk more about that later. But uh, let's go on because there's some good stuff here. Oh, gosh, I'm going to keep this short. How long have we been going? 15? Okay, so let's take 20 minutes and then it'll be done. So if faith is so important to God, what is faith? What do you guys think? What is trust. 
trust, yeah. Trust, train. Uh huh. Trust is yeah. You know, uh, when you have a relationship, you know, and like y'all, y'all get married because y'all trust each other fully. Absolutely. Y'all know, like, if I get put in a situation, or if she gets put in a situation, I can trust her. Yeah. You know, with the right outcome. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's a trust. Yeah. Trust deal. Exactly. What do you guys think? Does that work? Yeah. Anybody? I would say to be able to trust in something that you can't have any proof of. <laughs> too smart. You get straight A's or something? No. <laughs> she does, huh? Okay. Let's read Hebrews 11.1. 1. Who wants to read that? Okay. And then we're going to get a few more. Who wants to read uh, Matthew 17.20? I will. Laura? Who wants to read Romans 12.3? Aaron? Okay, who wants to read James 2.22? Who's that, Becca? Okay. Becca. Okay, who wants to read 2 Corinthians 10.5? Clayton. Okay, I'm just going to get... And you guys can turn there now. And, uh... It's 17.23. Uh, 17.20. 17.20, sorry. Okay. Okay, who wants to read Romans 10.17? Okay, Kara. James one twenty two. Got it. Laura, wait a minute. Russ hasn't even volunteered yet. <laughs> James one two three four. Russ. Okay, that's that's quite a few ahead. So we'll get through there and see what happens. Uh, but anyway, we'll give you guys these notes. But it'll be good to take them home. I think. What's that? You're giving the notes to us. I will. Yeah, I I, okay. I didn't print these off. They're actually in the package. Are they? Yeah. In the binders? Yeah. Yep, yeah, right. Got it. Is that what your package is? Yeah, this is a little different. There there are some other things pulled in, but there will be a lot in that discipleship packet, like that diagram and some other yeah. stuff. Yeah. This will have a few different uh, different uh, little things, but yeah, so you should have most of it. But don't try to follow those notes, because I'm not sticking directly to them. Okay. Okay, now, but reading those, Hebrews 11, what does that say? 11.1? Yeah, 11.1. Says, one. now faith is the substance of things hooked for evidence of things not seen. What's the substance of things hoped for? The evidence of things unseen. What do you guys think? It's kind of confusing language, huh? Wait, what do you, well, I that. Substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. Okay, wind. What, what would it? Okay, what would it mean in your life? What? I'm not. Doesn't have to be spiritual, but I'm saying like, what would be an example of the substance of something that you're hoping for that you don't have yet? Okay, that's good. Why? Okay, how? Okay. Siblings, siblings. Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Okay. Can you see love? No. No. You can see the effects of love. Yeah, you can see the evidence, right? Mm-hmm. Right? That's pretty good. That's real good. Okay, what do you guys... Like, when I... Substance of things hoped for. When when I asked Erin to marry me, I had this hope that she would marry me, right? And so uh, I, was, I, I was willing to go and put a lot of money into a ring for her. <laughs> Does that make sense? Um, I wouldn't go spend several hundred dollars as a college student if I didn't... I believe she was going to say yes, you know, right? That'd be pretty stupid. <laughs> she could just take it and pawn it off and make some money. Um, so that was like the substance or the substance of something hoped for, right? It was an action. Does that make sense? An action made on faith. Yeah. yeah. It's like I have, I hope that she's going to say yes and I'm willing to put my money there. So the substance of that hope was the action of being willing to put my money there, right? The evidence of something unseen. If I, if you love your brother, you put him first, right? <laughs> that there's you're evidencing your love by what? By him yeah, by what you do, right? What if you slapped your brother in the face and then said, "I love him." 
there'd be no evidence of love there, right? So faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of, un, of things unseen. Because get this, this is real important. Faith is the action that follows true trust. If I believe God is true, I'm going to act like it. Does that make sense? And that's the substance of something hoped for. If I believe heaven is real, I'm going to live like heaven is real. There's going to be a substance of things hoped for. Does that make sense? If I believe that people that don't know Christ are going to spend an eternity in hell, then my life is going to show evidence of something that I don't see. I don't, I've never seen hell. But there's going to be evidence that I believe that by what I do. It's not by what I think or what I feel, but it's by what I do. So that evidence, that substance is an action based in trusting God. Does that make sense? Yes. Now here's where, ah, gosh, guys, I think this is going to get really, really good. I think it is for me. Um, Matthew 17, 20, let's read it. Because I think Jesus really hit the nail on the head. It's really good. Laura, what's that? Yeah, Jesus had that tendency to get it right most of the time. 17.20. Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Okay, wait, how much will be impossible? Nothing. Is that cool? Laura wants to write this devotional for women. She's right not wants to write. She is writing. And um, that's kind of impossible. I'm sure Pete, how many people have told you, gosh, you should totally be a writer. I mean, they're always looking for more writers to publish. <laughs> Got that? No, it's like, are you, what? Why are you even trying? There's so much competition. That can never happen. See, with God, right, is it possible? Is it possible for you to pursue this vision and dream that God's given you for reaching the mountain biking community for Christ and at the same time making money that you're pouring back into ministry? I mean, is that, I mean, the world might say that's stupid or that's crazy. Right? Is it possible for you guys to take a stand in these different, you know, um, athletic pursuits? Right? Becca, I mean, is it possible for you to, to raise children that will change this world, not just like their city, but this entire world? I mean, is that possible? I know that you said that that's part of your dream. And you guys, like, all this stuff is possible and more, right? Nothing is impossible. But our faith has to be in the right thing, and it has to be growing. And here's the trick. You're never going to get more faith. You guys get that? Romans 12.3, who has that? Laura, oh no, Aaron has that. What, we don't maybe all of it or the it? All of it's good, yeah. But the end of it's the part that <coughs> makes um, a lot of sense here. For the great, by the grace given to me, or given me, I say to you, every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Okay, so what is it? Wait in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. It doesn't say with the measure of faith God is giving you or will give you. It's like God gave you measure of faith. Now think of yourselves in accordance with that. Now, um, does that sound awkward to you, that I, I'm not going to get more faith? A little bit. Does it? It sounds weird to us, right? Yeah. It did to me. Like I, can't, I can't improve my faith. I, heard I can't. Well, increase, increase my faith, I should yeah. say. I can improve the quality of it, but I can't increase the quantity. Yeah. You're, okay, you're getting it. This is good. Uh, well, the first time I heard a pastor say that, I, I would want to like storm out of church. I was so mad. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? Heresy, you know? And then I looked through Scripture, and no, there's nothing that talks about getting more faith, right? Okay, so God's given you some faith, though, right? How much do you need to see a mountain jump into the sea? That much. Like a mustard right seeder. Mm -hmm. So uh, apparently whatever he gave you is enough, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not inadequate. Now here's the deal. It's the what, ha what happens with the faith that you have? Make it genuine. Okay, make it genuine. And what were you saying, Kara? Oh, I said that uh, you can... Improve yeah, it. There you go. You yeah. can improve the quality, but not the quantity. Yeah. Okay, now get this. James 2.22. Becca. You have this one. 
I think if you get this th these next couple verses, it will like really give you vision for living that faith life that Jesus said could truly move mountains. Okay, I'm not going to move a mountain just by faking myself out to believe it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, like that the mountain's like, dude, I'm much bigger than your imagination uh, or your feelings, right? Okay, Becca, go for it. You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. Ooh, see that? So his faith was made complete by his actions, what he did. So what he was doing was completing his faith. Now, before we talk about it, 2 Corinthians 10, 15, it's the second part of that verse, Clayton, but oh, you can read the 10, whole thing. 15. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 10, 15. Oh. Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. For our hope is that as our faith continues to grow, our area of activity among you will greatly expand. Ooh, so as our faith what? Grows. Grows. Okay, so I don't get more of it, but what I do have can grow and be made complete. Isn't that good? But, but what were they doing? Read that again. Uh, expanding... Uh, I just read the whole thing again, 10, 15. Okay. Neither do, you, neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as our faith continues to grow, our area of activity among you will greatly expand. Okay. So what, what is Paul talking about when he says, our faith is growing and what's happening? We do more. Our area of influence is increasing. Does that make sense? So Paul is... Being obedient to God and his faith is growing. Does that, does that make sense, that picture? I'm saying, your faith yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they're doing the same thing. Now, here, here's a big question. You, you work out, <laughs> I know. Um, we were only given the amount of muscles we have, right? Like, if I want to get a bigger bicep, I don't go to the doctor and get, like, a second bicep stuck in here, right? I don't get well, more... Yeah, <laughs> probably wouldn't have a whole lot of, but basically the deal is, is I'm not going to get more muscles, okay, I'm not going to get more muscles, but I can, how do you guys think this got so big, no, just kidding, <laughs> I can, I can use the muscles that God's given me to grow them, right, right, the faith is the same way, Austin calls it the faith muscle, yeah, Exercise it. Yeah, exactly. So that's what is that what that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. We're we're walking by faith, exercising the faith muscle God's given us. So now when I'm right here and the circumstance looks really, really bad, okay, if I do it God's way, and really good if I do it my way. Is it easy to use that faith muscle? When I know I need to take that stand in class and share my faith? You want to throw the weight out the window, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? But what happens when you say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to share my faith? Yeah, your faith grows. It'd be, it's being, like it says in, in James, it's being made complete by what you do. Does that make sense? Isn't that good? I think it's good. So you're growing your faith. Now, who's in charge of growing your faith? Mm. Yeah. If you don't have strong enough faith, is it God's fault? No, he already gave you a measure of yeah. faith, right? Now, if you want stronger faith, what do you got to do? Work at it. Exercise it. Exercise it. How often? Every day. <laughs> yeah. 24-7. What if you played basketball once a month, Justin? Wouldn't work <laughs> you wouldn't be getting full-ride scholarships. No. Tennis, same thing. Okay. Uh, the reason that ha is happening, I'm imagining, is both of you <laughs> on your application. We had the question... Can you handle strenuous activity? And she's like, I run like so many hours a week, and I play, I ride bikes so many hours a week, and I practice tennis so many hours a day. It's like we should reject her just so we don't feel bad climbing up the mountain. <laughs> but Russ said we had to accept you. Um, but honestly, now there's fruit from that, right? You guys are you're growing, you're you're exercising something that God's given you. And now there's fruit coming out of that. You win when you play tennis, right? Okay, 
So you grow the faith that God's given you. Now, Romans 10, 17, Kara, uh, you were going to read that? Let's read it quick. Golly, dude. Didn't get through like a tenth of this entire of these notes. That's fine though. We don't need to do them all. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Okay. So I build my faith, okay, through getting in God's word, ultimately. If I'm not getting remember how we were talking earlier about conquering fear through getting in God's word? Joshua one, eight and nine. Austin read seven through nine. It's like don't fear, get in God's word and obey it. And don't fear. <laughs> you know? It's pretty pretty straightforward. Same thing with my faith. If I want my faith to be growing, that comes by getting in God's word. And I want to make a note. Uh, echoe, <laughs> I had to put the pronunciation down there, is the Greek word for hearing. Okay, or to hear. And this is significant here. Because, like I'll throw out in Acts, Paul has two conversion accounts, right? And a lot of critics will say, Ooh, they're contrary to each other because in one place he says he heard and in another place he says they didn't hear. Okay. Now, in both places it's the same Greek word. Okay. Now, you know if it means hearing by whether or not it talks about a noise. So in that first verse it says they did not hear a noise. Or no, no, it says they heard a noise. Does that make sense? So you know it's audible because it has noise afterwards. Does that make sense? But there's another meaning to that Greek word, and that's understand. Got that? Got it? So the second time it says they didn't understand, right? And a lot of translations like the NIV have corrected that. So instead of saying they didn't hear, they put they didn't understand because it's implicit in the context. I don't want to get off track on that, but it's important to understand that word because I don't believe what it's saying here is faith comes by hearing God's word. What if you're deaf and you can't hear? You can't have faith, right? I think what this is saying is it it comes as we understand God's word. Does that make sense? And God's word is meant to be understood applicationally. It's not meant to be understood head knowledge. Right? It's meant to be understood applicationally. That goes to James one twenty two, which is uh, Laura. Oh, rest. Oh, rest. Okay. <laughs> Go to James one twenty two. James one twenty two. Prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who believe themselves. Yeah. So it says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Okay? So what happens when I'm hearing the word, but I'm not applying it? I deceive myself, right? Isn't that true? Remember 1 Corinthians 8, 1? Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. I could take 20 years of seminary and be the proudest guy on the planet. And not, my faith would be pretty tiny. Not even like a mustard seed, right? Okay, so be doers of the word, not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. Why is it that people don't share their faith? What's their excuse? They're scared. Okay, and why? Because they'll get beat up. Yeah, pretty much. But why would you get beat up? What people think. What people think. And what is it that we think people think? Do do we think, oh, they're going to love me if I share my faith? What do we think? We think they don't want to hear, right? The crazy preacher that's sitting on the... uh, Middle of campus saying, the yeah. Yeah. Like, just like Austin. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you should see him with his bullhorn out there. Yeah, we had one of our uh, that was really bad. Every time I walked by, I was like, oh my gosh. And he yelled at me one time just walking by and said, You're going to hell. I was like, I'm a believer. Bro, I'm, I'm a, uh, got a relationship with Punch him in the face. Well, you're not walking strong with it. I was like, <laughs> yeah, he's not walking by faith, I don't think. Um, zeal without knowledge is not a good thing. Uh, so anyway, but people say, I don't want to share my faith because people don't want to hear it, right? What did Jesus say in Matthew nine thirty seven? He said, the harvest is ripe, right? What did he say in John twelve thirty two and 33? He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself, Okay. What do most pastors say that means? It even, I even said it in my church this week. Um, I don't know if you caught it or not. They say that means if I lift up Christ, he will draw people to himself. That's not what Jesus is saying there at all. The next verse, 33, says he said this concerning the manner of death by which he would die. Right? He was lifted up on a cross. Did that already happen? 
Oh. Well, no, no. Yeah. Did I mean was it crucified? The previous gods. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, so in history, has Christ already been lifted up on a cross and died for our sins? What did he say he would do after that? He would draw all men unto himself. How many? All. Is there a single person on your campus that he's not drawing to himself? I used to pray, God, draw that person to yourself. And I realized, that's... God's got to be like, Nate, wake up. I've been doing that since that guy was born. You know what I mean? Like, now it's time for you to take a step of faith and share the gospel with that guy. Right? Yeah. Uh, he draws us to repentance through his kindness, it says in Romans 2, right? And his kindness is, is shown to all men, both the righteous and the unrighteous, the Bible says. Right? He's drawing them to himself. Okay, so when I believe that people don't want to hear, am I believing the truth or a lie? A lie. Okay. Now, here's the deal. When God tells me, share my faith, and I don't do it, what happens? I deceive myself. I start to believe a lie that they don't want to hear, even though he already told me they do want to hear. Isn't that nuts? They might not want to hear. They might be like, shut up, that God's working inside. My brother here at this lodge, the night that he became a Christian, told me, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate everything you guys are saying, I'm out of here. And then he went and prayed to receive Christ. (laughs) Okay? So... Just because somebody says that, yeah, they may not want to hear it. They're just absolutely be hard-headed, but you know, yeah, they're missing something. They're missing a piece. So be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If I read the Bible twenty-four hours a day and study the Greek and know it better than anybody, but I'm not applying it, all I'm doing is deceiving myself. That's scary. Why don't people tithe? What What's the excuse for not tithing? I don't have enough money. What does Philippians 4 say about that in verses 18 and 19? My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That's verse 19. What does verse 18 say? Thank you for the gift that you just sent. (laughs) Okay, they were giving, and God was going to meet their needs. Isn't that nuts? People forget the context of verse 19. You know, people quote a lot of times, my God's going to meet all your needs. But they forget that he was meeting all their needs out of their generosity. Right? They were giving, and he was meeting their needs. Now, people start to believe this lie. I don't. I can't afford to give. I can't afford to tithe. What did God say? Test me on this, and I'll open the floodgates of heaven. Malachi 3.10, is that? Right? Something, like, something like that. Anyway, so do I have enough money to give? Even the, you know, the poor beggar woman, you know, even gave, like, a widow's money, one, huh? little, one little coin, and that was, like, all she had. Yeah. So Christ said, you know, her reward is bigger than heaven. Yeah. You know, something like that. Gosh, guys, five plus years ago, Aaron and I walked away from secure jobs. Six plus years ago, you guys did it. Forty plus years ago, you guys did it and said, we're trusting God to meet our our needs financially. And we've never missed a a mortgage payment. We don't have any debt outside of, like, our mortgage. Um, God is faithful, you know. Uh, Aaron and I tithe and then some. And you know what? God blesses us and blesses us and blesses us. We have enough to tithe. Okay, but when I when I know God's word and I don't do it, I begin to deceive myself and believe that I don't have what's needed for it. Does that make sense? So what I really want you guys to take away is faith. It, it isn't an issue of what you feel or believe inside, but it's an issue with what you do with what you believe. Right? And if you believe God... You're going to obey God. It makes sense. If Austin said, Nate, if you go down to Cascade Village, they're giving out million-dollar checks. Be like, he's always been honest before. Uh, he's never deceived me. It's a three-minute drive. I'm going for it, right? Like, if I if I believe Austin, I'm going to act on that real quick, right? It was a 10-hour drive. Yeah. I mean, if, if my if I really believe him, aren't I going to act on it? And if I don't act on it, like if I just sat around here the rest of the afternoon, what would you say? Do I really believe that they're giving out million-dollar checks there? Not at all. See, this is the crux of it, guys. If if my faith is real, I'm going to be putting it into action and obedience to God. And then it's going to be growing. And it's going to be getting stronger and stronger to be that faith that Jesus talked about that's strong enough to throw a mountain into a sea. Okay? And it takes little steps. 
2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith. Today, all I need to do is, I don't need to become Billy Graham today, <laughs> right? A big thing, Luke sixteen ten says to be faithful with little, okay? Is it, you guys remember that verse? If we're faithful with little, we'll be made faithful with more, okay? Now, you have little things to be faithful with today, right? It's, it's not like, Clayton, you have to go speak to, you know, 10 million people in Africa on, like, simulcast tomorrow. Right? What would happen if, if I told you that? Out. You'd, like, <laughs> die and pass out. Lord, get excited. <laughs> you, wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah. Okay. You, you, why do you think Billy Graham's doing that? Because he's passionate. Well, is it just his passion? Aren't you passionate? I mean, like, he'd love Well, don't you love him? It's experience, kind of, but where, yeah, but you're getting the right thing. Did Billy Graham start out doing that? No, he started before. You think he started out doing what you're doing right now? Like, sharing your faith on your campus, with your friend, with your neighbor, with the guy in your mountain biking team? Mm -hmm. I don't know if Billy Graham mountain biked. (laughs) But... But right? See, his faith grew little by little by being faithful with little that God gave him to be faithful with. And as his faith grew, God made him faithful with a little more and a little more and a little more. See, you guys, you don't have to open your own doors. I want to close with this. I'm skipping like five pages here. <laughs> but, um, gosh, I have this reference down that I think would be really good. It's in First Samuel. I'm not going to find it. Uh, maybe. No, I'm not going to find it. In First Samuel, anyway, we'll just put it this way. Uh, Samuel anoints David as king. David is not related to Saul. Saul is not going to be too excited about somebody that's not his son becoming king of Israel. Yeah. Right. Okay, now if you're David, what do you think you got to do to become king of Israel? i got to make it happen, right? <laughs> you know, Like, that's God's calling on my life. i got to make it happen. You each are going to feel like God has called you to something, and you're going to feel the natural tendency to make it happen. Does that make sense? God's not calling you to make it happen. He's calling you to be faithful today with little. What did God give David to do in the same chapter that he was anointed king of Israel? Saul's having these demonic attacks, and, and his all the people in his court, they're like, you know what? You should get somebody to play some music for you and calm your nerves. He's like, you have any ideas? And they're like, yep. David, son of Jesse, bring him in here. He can play the harp like nobody else. God opened the door wide open for David and put him right in the king's palace where he had this, I mean, God is just, God's going to do the same thing for you, but David was faithful with little first. He was tending sheep, right? It's not like he was like some huge hotshot. He was tending sheep. That's pretty little. He's like, you guys have horses, like shoveling poop. <laughs> you know, he, I mean, he was he was uh, probably bored. He we're doing a solo for one night. He did a solo for like six months. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. um, he was faithful with little, and then God opened his doors and made him faithful with more. So the idea here is, if you want to walk in what God has called you to in this life, if you want to use like your career as a basketball player to make an influence for Christ, God doesn't say that you better kick down every door you can. He says, be faithful today so that I can bless you and make you faithful with more. Okay, so... Time deal. Yeah, and and we let him do it in his time, and we learn what we need to learn in the process, right? And what, what do we say faith does? It develops trust, which develops... Perseverance. And Well, fellowship with God, right? It, it develops closeness with God. So you guys, I don't want to rush this. I'm getting closer to God in the process. So I want to close with a, a question here. What do you think the little is in your life right now? And it doesn't have to just, I, I hope it's not just one thing, right? We each have probably a lot of things that would be little that God wants us to be faithful with. And uh, I think it'd be good to to maybe share those with each other because I think that'd be important. And I'll start it out uh, because it's something that um, this year God really convicted me in December I needed to be faithful with little about. And I wasn't being faithful with it because I, I frankly didn't trust that it was possible or that God could do it. About three years ago, God had given me a desire to start a pastors and leaders prayer time in our city. And because in our city, there's not much evangelism, there's not much outreach. 
and most of the pastors don't even know each other, you know, much less know how to pray for each other. I'm, I'm not saying they don't pray for each other, but you don't know how to very well if you never see each other, you know. And, uh, and it seems like in our city there's a lot of competition among ministries and churches. Like, I don't know, maybe some of that's kind of breaking, but it's been like that. And so in my mind, I kept thinking, how in the world is this ever going to happen? I'm a kid compared to these guys. They're going to think, why would they do? Why would they come to something that I organized or something like that? And why would they do it? And so I just figured it's not. It's not going to happen. And in Turkey, Austin tells me, I'm writing this down, and I'm going to call you when we get back, and I'm going to ask you if you sent out an email. Just send out an email inviting these guys to get together and start praying every week. You know, and so I, you know, that's why it's good to have an accountability partner. We'll hit that later this week. But I got home, sent out this email, called Austin, said, okay, I did it, so don't bug me. And <laughs> that first week it was like 14 guys or something like that, like leaders, came to this meeting. And the next week it was like 17. And then next week it was like 20. And then on average for the last six months it's been like 15 guys a week praying for our city that God would... And praying for each other, you got pastors like on the the opposite ends of the of the theological spectrum, praying for each other's churches and for God to bless each other's ministries and all this. And I didn't think that was possible. It was like what Russ was saying: my view of God wasn't bigger than that problem. And we still have a long way to go in our city, like a long, long way. But God kept telling me, and. Thankfully, through Austin, be faithful with little. I mean, I put this on your heart like three years ago or something. Quit being disobedient and take a step of faith. And trust me, I'm bigger than that problem, right? And now I look back and I almost feel like ashamed and guilty that I didn't shoot out a stupid email like three years ago. I mean, how hard is it to shoot out an email, right? So that was a recent thing for me. What about for you guys? What do you think, Becca? What would be some something little that you think... God wants you to be faithful with. Um, standing firm at work. Mm-hmm. Because def- working there is definitely corrupting me some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, just the people I work with, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're pretty far gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, finding a way to minister just in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if I'm still going to be working with crew this next semester. Mm-hmm. Forced adventure, so. Mm-hmm. Clayton. I'd say stay from my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, almost all of them drink. And um, I hear a lot of stories about um, my girlfriend's dad. Um, mm-hmm. She, he left her, left her when, you know, she was like six years ago, and he was a, he's an alcoholic still, and you know they haven't talked for eighteen six years. So um, the stories I hear about about him and the past is really disturbing, and um, Shelby sees a lot of a lot of that mm-hmm. in in my friends, and um, I just see standing firm, and, you know, warning my friends like the road you're going down is is a road of just mm-hmm. of shame. And you know, just you know, struggles and you know, hardships and mm-hmm. all that. You know, not a healthy road at all. Yeah. So I think just standing for my friends, I've been really, I've just been really chill and not really doing much. So with my friends, you know, just not doing what's right or what God would be telling me to do these past, you know, years. Mm-hmm. So I feel I, I feel really led to do that. And, you know, I've only got. Two months to do it, so get after it. Wow. Yeah. I can do a lot in two months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Kara? Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, uh, reaching out and trying to uh, reach my best friend, mm-hmm. my boyfriend. Um, really, uh, I guess, try to be faithful and uh, trusting. God to not let me lose both of those relationships mm-hmm. because of one reason. Um, so that, and then I guess, try not to be jealous of, I don't know, just 
kind of a junk kind of just know that I'm mm-hmm. be secure in myself and knowing that I'm who I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so probably, you know, trying to reach out more to my friends because a lot of them are not really the best of uh, mm-hmm. uh, Christian upstanding morals and all that stuff. They just kind of do what they want and they say the Christian law at the same time. I mean, mm-hmm. I go to, you know, Bible studies with them and everything, but then they go out and drink and party and everything mm-hmm. like that. And then also um, just staying, like, trying to stay healthy, trying to keep working out and keep playing basketball even though I'm not playing now. It's really difficult to, you know, be motivated to continue to try to improve mm-hmm. when you don't really see anything coming of it because you don't play for so long. Mm-hmm. So it's tough, but just trying to do the best, uh, best I can with what I have. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? I would encourage you tonight, this is like our discussion group, so we'll be done and ready to have snacks right after this, but ultimately, you guys, I, I hope that you would go home realizing that fear stops me from doing, from being who God wants me to be and from doing what God wants me to do, but faith kills fear when I take a step of faith. doesn't mean I don't feel fear. Like when, when you guys are talking to your friends about Christ, you're going to feel fear for sure. Like you're saying, oh my gosh, I might lose that relationship, or oh my gosh, this, or I'm like, we, we feel fear when we have to take a step of faith. But when I push through that fear, that wall of fear that Russ was talking about, and I take a step of faith, my faith grows. And next time that wall isn't so thick, it's not so hard. And we just take the little step today that God wants me to take today. <laughs> and then tomorrow I worry about taking that step, right? The main deal... Paul says in Philippians is let us live up to what we've already achieved. So don't take steps backwards, right? Keep taking steps forward. And uh, and you guys, I want to leave you with one quote. And we uh, we guys talked about this this morning. But we tell our students, and Austin is probably my favorite example of this, but uh, we like to say, um, get yourself in a situation where if God doesn't show up, you're dead. Austin, kind of like we're in Turkey, and he's like, Nate, Nate, seriously, just just come talk to me. And I'm like, I don't even want to talk to him because I know that like, <laughs> I know that I'll be held responsible for what I'm about to hear. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. He's like, dude, we could die in Mecca street preaching. It'd be amazing. <laughs> I'm like, doesn't sound too cool, Austin. <laughs> Sounds pretty lame, actually. <laughs> and he's like, dude, just imagine what would happen in the Muslim world if some Christians were bold enough to like, share their faith in a way in, in a place where they know they're going to die, but they're going to trust God and share their faith boldly like that. <laughs> He's like, and then we could jump into burkas and like race to the airport and jump on an airplane and fly home. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing that next Crush Fear project. If you guys want to come. Crush Fear any version? <laughs> no, but you guys live your lives in such a way and get yourselves into, into situations where if God doesn't show up, you're dead. You know, uh, Jesus totally did that. Yeah. I mean, Who? Jesus. Yeah. Like, straight up, he he supernaturally uh, disappeared at times. <laughs> you know, like, when the Pharisees are about to stone him. Yeah. Like, yeah. you just slipped through the crowd. Yeah. Like, supernaturally. Like, if it wasn't for God. He would have been toast. Yeah. Before he was toasted. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Look at Paul, like, in Ephesus, you know? They're like... Yeah. Bring them out so we can rip them to pieces, you know. And was it in Ephesus, I think, where they're like, "We're not going to sleep till this guy's dead," you know? Might not have been in Ephesus. It's happened many times to Paul. (laughs) And Paul's like, "Please let me go out and talk to him." (laughs) If somebody was like, "Bring him out so we can tear him to shreds," I'd be like, (laughs) "I'm out of here. Not going out to talk to him." (laughs) But Paul's like. I want to go out there and share the gospel because they need to hear it. They're going to hell without Christ, and they need to hear about his message. It's like Stephen. Yeah. They're all like, okay, tell us your defense. <laughs> and Stephen's like, okay, basically, like, all you guys rejected God, even though he sent his Messiah, and, uh, you like, kill you killed him. <laughs> 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 
like, you know, Stephen totally could have been like, you know, sorry for the misunderstanding. I'm a great Jew. Don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see it. But yeah, he was putting himself in a situation where if God didn't show up, he was dead, and he he did die. And uh, but at other times, don't be stupid like Aaron's saying. But I'm pretty sure at your campuses, you're not going to get stoned to death, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So take steps of faith that are bold and radical. I think trusting God in bigger ways, and uh, these scare me. We're going to do some of them this week. But I know that every time I do one, it's like, oh, I feel like I just got sentenced to death. <laughs> and then you do it, and you're like, oh, man, I can't stand it. Like, you're just jumping all over the place, you know, because God comes through, and he does awesome stuff. <laughs>